You are listening to the Supermamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 124. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 124. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. How are you? It's Tori. I'm doing good. Doing great. I've got Mother's Day coming up. I'm recording this right before, so I've been busy coaching moms on how to have a good Mother's Day, how to make sure they get what they want, they advocate for themselves. So by the time you're listening to this, it will have passed. I hope that you had a day where you really took advantage of celebrating you because you are amazing and you deserve to be celebrated. And if not on that day, then pick another day and make it your Mother's Day gift to yourself and just do whatever you want to do. So I hope that you are doing well, enjoying some nice May weather. This is also the busiest month for moms. May and December are pretty intense when it comes to having kids and schools and all the extra stuff that gets piled on during these two months. So we're going to be talking about that during our today's Super Mom Kryptonite. But there's two things I want to mention. Last time I recorded a podcast. I mentioned a new webinar coming up called How to Stop Nagging and Repeating Yourself when it comes to getting your kids to do things that you need them to do. So if you are feeling like you need a game plan for the summer time, as this podcast is about today, how to kind of create a strategy for summer, and you want to learn how to not nag your children and not get stuck in that like kind of powerless, but also trying to get them to do things, disempowered state, I call it, Uh, then please come to the webinar. It's going to be May 17th, and you can sign up by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash no nag. So no hyphen nag, little dash in between the words. So get yourself signed up for this webinar. It is going to be life-changing. It is so impactful because it's super practical. I teach you exactly what you need to know. And it is the one thing that parents, well, moms complain about draining their energy. They said so much of their daily energy goes into trying to get their kids to do things, nagging, repeating themselves, always having to stay on top of them. And it is exhausting. So if you want an energy boost this May or this summer, Sign up for the No Nag webinar, lifecoachingforparents.com slash no nag. There will be a link in the notes you can go to to sign up. So it's the 17th. I think I told you last week that it was the 10th. So I was mistaken. I like to model imperfection for all you super moms out there. That's what I tell myself anyways to make me feel better when I make mistakes. So I'm just modeling imperfection for other moms, for my children, so they don't have to grow up thinking they have to be perfect because their mom is not perfect. Which leads me to another mistake I made is that last time on the podcast, 
I wanted to tell you that I'm going to be raising my prices after Mother's Day. And I forgot to mention that, which didn't give you much warning. If you've been thinking about trying life coaching, if you're thinking it's time for you, you really want some support, some help, you want to feel energized, in control, calm, get feel like you've got some support in managing your kids. I think it's an incredible investment, but I'm going to be raising my prices but by the time you listen to this, they will have already gone up. So for all you podcast listeners, I have a special deal because I goofed. And so I want you just to, if you go and schedule a free discovery call, lifecoachingforparents.com slash work with me, and there's little hyphens in between the words work with me, then just mention the Mother's Day special and I will give you last week's pricing. Okay. I'll give you the old pricing. If you tell me mother's day special, or you send me an email and your subject line is mother's day special, or you come to the free discovery call and you mention mother's day special. I will know that you heard it from the podcast and I will honor the pricing because I forgot to tell you, I was going to be raising my prices soon. So that's our special deal between the two of us, you and I, if you feel like now is the time for life coaching, it's never been a better time. This is your last chance to get in with the old pricing. But today's question I want to read because it's coming from Madison and she is dreading a device-filled summer. She sees summer on the horizon and she's already starting to anticipate how much, well, probably nagging and pleading she's going to need to do to get her kids off of devices and outside and enjoying what we like to think of as summer fun. So I'm going to read the question from Madison. She writes, summer is coming and I can already anticipate my kids wanting nothing but to sit on their devices all day. Without the structure the school year provides, there is just too much downtime. And in my house, boredom always leads to video games, YouTube, and Netflix. The problem is I have a love-hate relationship with their devices. I love that they can leave me alone. (laughs) When they're on their devices, they stop complaining about being bored. They stop asking for snacks a zillion times. And they stop bickering and fighting with each other. Life is peaceful when devices are on. However, after they have been on their devices for too long, I start feeling guilty. I get annoyed and I start yelling at them to turn it off. I yell at them to go outside, to call a friend, something... They ignore me, so I threaten to chuck their iPad or cell phone out the window. It's not pretty. Can you help me come up with a game plan that I can stick to this summer so I don't go insane? Thank you, Madison. Today's parent educator answer to the question of what works for creating a simple system you can stick to for managing kids' digital devices? Well, it's pretty simple. It's a clear and consistent schedule. There is a reason why teachers follow and post a clear, predictable schedule for students. No matter how old they are, it is always posted and consistent. We as humans, we like to know what to expect. It helps us relax and enjoy the moment. Now, in the beginning... When you start to set out a schedule, 
there's a lot of testing and pushing boundaries from kids, right? Because they wonder, like, do you really mean what you say? Are you going to stick to this? Or is there wiggle room? So when you first establish a schedule, whether it's in the classroom at the beginning of the school year or it's at the beginning of the summer from mom, expect to find some pushback, some resistance, right? But if you hold firm to your established boundaries, they will stop asking and they will simply obey the structure that you have created. Now, there's no right or wrong structure. Your schedule can look like no devices before noon or internet access is only available between 12 and 2 and 7 and 9 p.m. Or free access all day except for the hours between 4 and 6 p.m. when we come together as a family. Or you get no more than four hours of playtime, but you get to choose when those four hours are. So there's lots of different ways to manage a schedule and put together some kind of structured device management system. Following through on these rules could mean putting devices in a central location in your house when they're not using them. So like at three o'clock, all the devices come to this particular counter to get recharged. Or at 9 p.m., everything goes to the central hub. It could also look like setting the Wi-Fi router or programming the cell phone to shut off at a particular time of day. Or you could use an app or a chart, a digital or old-fashioned manual chart to track screen time access. There are lots of ways to create a schedule and a structure for screen time. For sure, one of the things you want to do is to sign up for my free webinar next Tuesday so you don't slip into the habit of constantly nagging and having to repeat yourself in order to get them to follow through with the plan. So for sure, sign up for that. I will put the link in the show notes. But today's live coaching answer of what gets in our way from creating this simple schedule and sticking to it, oh my gosh, so many things, <laughs> right? So this needs to be a longer answer than the parent educator answer, which is pretty quick and short. Create a structure, make it simple, stick to it. Easy peasy. What gets in our way from doing that? I'm going to identify five after I wrote these five, I kept thinking of more. So there are more. If you don't fit these five, I won't be surprised. Number one, feeling like a bad mom. Number two, inconsistent summer schedules. Number three, persistent and sneaky children. Number four, perfectionistic fantasies. And number five, an absence of calm leadership energy. So let's go through those one at a time. The first thing that's going to get in your way, I want to say 100% of the moms I talk to, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that didn't have this bad mom thing haunting them. When our kids have spent too much time on devices, the guilt that creeps in is usually coming from a voice in our head that whispers things like, you're not doing it right. If you were a good mom, your kids would be creating art and engineering feats outside in the backyard. Your kids should be using this time wisely to grow their brain or to enjoy just being outside in nature. Your kids prefer video games to reading books. 
well, then you must be a failure as a mother. So we all have this kind of voice in our head that likes to monitor our actions as moms to make sure we're doing it right, we're on the up and up, and we're not letting our kids rot their brains. This voice, however, is not very kind. It's like, you're a loser and you suck. And if you were a good mom, your kids wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't want to be on their devices all day long. So this voice is really what we're reacting to. When we start yelling at our kids to get off their devices, it's because we're trying to escape this nasty little voice in our heads that's not very nice to us. The desire to chuck the Xbox out the window I think is really desire to toss this mean voice out the window, right? Like we don't want to have that voice in our head. We know we aren't failing as moms. We know we don't suck. We're not losers. We're working our butts off to do the right thing for our kids. So when this mean voice creeps in, we have the urge to kick it to the curb, but that doesn't work very well. Because what we end up doing is just yelling at our children instead. So instead, what we want to do is we want to hear this voice come in that says, you know, you're a terrible mom because your kids don't want to play outside and they're just sitting by themselves in their dark room all day. This is your fault. (laughs) So we don't like that voice. And so we blame the kids. We get mad at them. We tell them to do something different so that we can feel different. So instead, what we need to do is we need to meet this voice with confident compassion. Oh, hello there, my little inner critic. (laughs) I understand that you think you are helping me by telling me that I suck. Your opinion is noted, but it is not welcome. I am not failing as a mom. This is a difficult situation that all moms are having to deal with. There's no rules and no precedents at these darn video games are super addictive. So your opinion is heard, but it's not necessary. I'm going to send you away, go to Starbucks, get something to drink. I can get my kids off devices while still believing I'm a good mom. I believe I am doing a fair enough job. I am super adequate. I'm not perfect, but I can handle this situation without you shaming me, okay? So that's the voice tone that tends to work really well with these nasty critical voices. Don't pretend like it doesn't exist. Don't shove it away and try to like kick it and be annoyed by it. Open your heart have compassion, understand it's trying to help, but then have some authority over it. Be confident. Be like, you're, you are not welcome. I am a good mom and I can get my kids off devices. Thank you very much. Now go by, go take a nap. Okay. So authority, calm confidence with this critical voice in our head that says we're bad mom. Okay. Moving on to number two, inconsistent summer schedules. That makes it really hard to have a consistent screen time schedule, right? Like if you say, okay, between 11 and 2, you can have your devices, but then Tuesdays at 11, you go to swimming, and then uh, Thursdays at 1, you've got, you know, like it's just, of course, it's going to be inconsistent. So 
If you've got playdates and friends and camping trips on the weekends and swim meets, this is going to provide a challenge. So the solution to these inconsistent summer schedules is just to take one week at a time or one day at a time. If your kids know that their screen time will be monitored every day, then it doesn't matter if you say, today you can have these devices from noon to two, tomorrow it'll be five to seven. It's not a problem to be consistently inconsistent. Just make sure you don't throw in the towel when things get dicey. The rewards of consistency are kids who know the rules and follow them without arguing and pushback. This doesn't have to be like a German timekeeper who's like super regimented and rigid. This isn't um, the dad from Sound of Music. Do you remember that dad with the whistleblowing and the marching kids and like super, you know, like military style? There could be some fluidity here. Just don't get hard on yourself and don't throw in the towel and don't tell yourself that you're a terrible mom, okay, for being inconsistent. Number three obstacle that gets in our way is the arguing and pushback that some of these kids just thrive on. It can keep us from creating a schedule when we are anticipating their mm, sneaky ways or their annoying ways. Some kids love a predictable routine. They like rules. This gives them a feeling of safety and calm. Other kids still need rules and in some ways like rules, but it does sort of trigger this inner rebel to be like, oh, if you say I can have it for two hours, well, then I'm going to go for two and a half. And if you say three hours, I'm going to push it to four. And it just, they, they find this entertaining and exciting. They get to kind of test their metal, find out how much they can manipulate their mom Can they turn it into a competition or a power struggle? Can they get mom to get really riled up? Because that's just fun to watch. So if this is your scenario, God bless you. I'm sorry. Life is definitely easier when you have rule follower children. But your best strategy is boredom. Be consistent. Follow through every day. But don't give it a lot of energy and attention because that feeds and fuels them. So turn off the device with the yawn and just be like, you know the rules. And, or have the Wi-Fi go off at the same time every day and just make it really boring. So they'll throw their fit, but you just don't give it any energy and you just ignore it. It's just like if they get in the car and they don't want to wear a seatbelt, right? You're like, okay, fine. You have to wear a seatbelt, but we're just going to sit here until you do. Or they take their seatbelt off while you're driving and you're like, I'm going to pull over until your seatbelt's on. And eventually they stop trying to take off their seatbelt. That's what we want here. That's the goal. You can then challenge them to something more exciting. So if you turn off the device and they're like, "Ah!" right, then you can say, okay, I want you to go outside in the street and do 10 free throws in a row. And if you do, then you can have a popsicle. So find something that's feeding that desire for excitement and competitiveness. If you've got a competitive kid, like, okay, dribble the soccer ball 50 times without letting it touch the ground. And then I'll reward you with something else. Like, then we can go to the park. Then I'll call your friend and see if he can come over. So give them what they're yearning for. 
in ways other than a power struggle over the video game. Number four, obstacle. What gets in our way from creating this summer survival guide on managing devices is the perfectionistic fantasies that we have for what summer is supposed to be like. Our kids running through sprinklers, giggling happily, coming up with their own play, using their imaginations, entertaining themselves, you know, striking up conversations with the neighbors and initiating play in the streets, playing these games. Like we have these, these perfectionistic fantasies that goes like, if I was a good mom, my kids wouldn't want to stay inside and be on screens all day. If I was a good mom, I would, pro- or it goes like that, they should entertain themselves, or it goes to, I would provide fun and stimulating activities. A good mom would have their children having lemonade stands and doing arts and crafts and nature walks or whatever. So we kind of have these perfectionistic fantasies that make us feel like we're constantly failing because they never quite come true because we're living in the day and age of very compelling, addictive digital devices. So instead, if this is you, I suggest expecting summertime to be really, really hard and expecting your kids to want to lay inside all day on devices and then get a game plan in place for you to take care of yourself as well as the kids managing the devices. So if you're looking at your schedule for the week and you're saying, hmm, when can, uh, when should the kids be allowed to play on devices? Please also book in time for mom to go to yoga class and go out with her girlfriends for wine nights and to go on date nights and hire babysitters and get break from the kids. All right. Make sure you're writing yourself into that schedule, not just your kids' digital time. All right. Last one, number five, an absence of calm leadership energy. Kids can sense when you are standing in your power. They feel your confident energy and they do what you ask. This is what makes a good teacher from a bad teacher. You know, when a teacher can't control the classroom and doesn't have good classroom management skills, it's exhausting for them. It's very hard for the kids. And then other teachers come in and they can just whip them into shape in a heartbeat. And it all has to do with the energy that they're putting out. So if you're asking your kids to follow a routine from a disempowered energy, this comes from like, oh, they're not going to listen anyways. They're not going to do it. Like, why do I have to be the one? I shouldn't have to be doing this all day. They should be doing it. All like all of those thoughts can disempower your energy. And when you're coming from that place, they don't feel compelled to listen or obey. They just, they're just wired that way. So if you're afraid of their pushback, annoyed that you have to police their devices, exhausted from too much kid time, you're like, when do I get time for me? Like, I want to sit on my device all day. Like, well, I just want to play video games, you know, and I don't get to, I have to do all the work. And like, all those things are going to mess up your energy. And so this is what I'm going to be teaching on the webinar, the stop nagging webinar. So 
lots of things get in the way when you're trying to implement parenting systems that are good for kids. And screen time get, feels harder to monitor because we didn't grow up with it, right? The availability of devices that today's kids have is so different than what we grew up with in our screen time. So we don't have an example to imitate. We can't look at teachers. We can't look at our parents and how they did it. We can't look at nannies like we're kind of on our own and everybody's different. There's no right way, which makes it super confusing. So think of managing devices like teaching your kids to brush their teeth. Eventually, it'll be your kid's job to manage it on their own. Like we need our kids someday to be able to manage their screen time, just like we expect them to someday to be able to manage their own toothbrushing. So we want to, if we think of it like that, then we do have a frame of reference for it. But because until they're on their own, it is our job to hold them accountable, teach them a consistent, boring routine that everybody in the family has, has, has models for them and has some sort of a routine around this. So it doesn't have to be dramatic or a struggle. It can just be clear and consistent like brushing the teeth. And I do think it's important to have some kind of routine in place to help kids learn to manage their devices on their own until they're at an age and stage where they seem to have it down. And that would be something I would ask too. I don't know how old Madison's kids are, but is your kid already doing a good job of managing their screen time? And maybe they don't need you to come up with a system because they have a balanced life. They have friends, they're doing schoolwork, they have exercise, and maybe it's already well-balanced. And so they don't need you to come in and help with that. So just keep that in mind too, when you're looking at a summer survival guide, because if you've got a 16-year-old, maybe they're already doing okay with that. All right. Today's super mom kryptonite is... May crazies. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed, but May gets very intense when it comes to things. It's not just Mother's Day. You've got Teacher Appreciation Week. You've got end of the year uh, report cards and schoolwork and projects and performances. You know, COVID is over. So, well, my daughter keeps saying it's not over. It's not over, but... Life has resumed where we're able to, kids are able to do their end of the year parties and field days and field trips. And along with things like that comes a burden on mom. Bring a red shirt. Don't forget your $5. You got to bring fruit kebabs for the party day. And oh, you've got the end of the year school auction where you said you would volunteer and donate and just all the like extra stuff, not to mention like throwing a birthday or graduation or something like that. And it is a crazy, crazy month. So this is today's super mom kryptonite is just the May crazies. So give yourself some grace. It's survival time. (laughs) This is go time. Like It's not the time to try to get creative or worry about summer schedules. If you're, you can have some confidence in yourself is good, knowing that you will create a summer, a schedule once summer arrives. But right now you just want to make it through the month, 
close all your loops, finish up all this extra stuff, and reduce your expectations. Really think about, okay, in the next couple weeks, where can I drop a ball? Where can I half-ass it, call it in, and not feel guilty about it? How can I just take some pressure off myself and then revisit your game plan once summer's in full swing and you've got a little bit more mental real estate to devote to it. Today's super mom power boost is to diversify your joy. If you only get one day a year to celebrate your awesomeness, it's a recipe for disappointment. If Mother's Day is the only time that your family asks, what do you want, mom? Then it's never going to feel like enough when that day ends and you didn't get everything you wanted. Of course, it's going to feel like annoying, disappointment, resentment, all that stuff. So we need to make sure that you are diversified. I remember coming home late one night. I was teaching my Time for the Talk sex education class. I loved teaching at night. Most nights... I I was exhausted. By the time dinner rolled around, oh my gosh, I was so depleted. But when I was leaving the house to go teach, it gave me a burst of energy. I kind of did my hair, my makeup, got dressed. And then I had to go hang out with amazing parents, amazing kids, and have some fun doing what I loved. So then I would come home and the kids were already in bed. No dinner, no bath, no bed, I mean, no dinner time that I had to deal with. They ate dinner, but it was so fabulous. Coming home from teaching was my favorite thing. I would heat up my dinner. I would curl up on the couch. I would watch Survivor, but I had like energy, you know? But one night I came home and somebody messed up my DVR recording I was so looking forward to my favorite Monday night routine that when I found out my show was not recorded, I lost my mind. Total exploding doormat. Tears, yelling, major temper tantrum. What that taught me from that experience was that I need more than just one evening a week of Tory time, of joy. I need to diversify my happiness so that when something goes wrong, my sanity doesn't go down the toilet with it. This really came to head last Wednesday because I had made plans to go golfing with my husband after work. It was the warmest day we'd had in seven months. And I so excited to spend it outside. So I wanted to go golfing. It took longer than I thought to finish up our work and get out of the house. And by the time we got to the golf course, they said it was too late. Even though the sun was shining and the weather was warm, they were still on their spring hours, not their summer hours. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. We go to another golf course. Turns out sprinklers are going on soon. You might get a round or two in, but there's no way we could do nine holes. (sighs) All right, fine. We'll just go to the driving range and hit some balls. We go to the driving range. Guess what? Closes early for cleanup on Wednesdays. Fine. Okay. We'll just forget golf. Let's just go for a hike. Soon as we get to the trailhead, my husband's allergies kick in and he can't go for a hike. It's just miserable. In the past, this type of scenario would have sent me into a tearful 
raging tailspin. Because it was my one and only opportunity to get away for a golf outing, and I've been saying I want to golf for seven months, and I finally do it, and nothing goes my way. But now, because I have more time for me than I've had before, I was able to roll with the punches. There wasn't so much scarcity around this being the one day, my day. Like if this happens on Mother's Day, I would be totally okay because I know I will just get another day, right? And so we ended up just sitting, watching other people golf, having a beer, but sitting outside in the sunshine. And it was fine. I was able to roll with the punches and be, I wasn't even that disappointed. It was like, eh. So it's okay, no big deal. So the point of the story is it's really important to diversify your joy, especially in the summer months, okay? Because we have this expectation that everything's supposed to be happy and wonderful and kids are relaxed. And of course, life is still life and it doesn't turn out that way. So you want to have your joy come from more than one place. If you plan a vacation and you're super excited about your vacation, and then the whole time you're dealing with a sick kid and a crying toddler and no alone time, then that's going to be super frustrating and disappointing. So if food is your main source of pleasure and self-indulgence, well, by the end of the summer, you're going to be regretting maybe that because it's going to give you the feeling like I'm hungry for more. Because that's I, we all need pleasure and self-indulgence and you can't just get it from food or just get it from wine. Or if your partner is your sole source of sanity and companionship, then they go out of town and you come unhinged because you don't have your your joy is all locked up into one person, right? So we want to think about diversifying your joy, diversifying your joy, getting happiness from a variety of sources, building in lots of time, not just one time, lots of time for fun, relaxation, and pleasure so that you can avoid the exploding doormat syndrome like I suffered from when your kids aren't following the screen time protocols, right? So if like the only joy you get is when they're on screens and then that one day they decide not to be on screens and they're just going to hound mom and harass her. (laughs) We don't want that to rob you of your joy. We want you to be able to kind of roll with it, be resilient, and know that you'll make it up in another time. So make sure you're finding lots of ways to bring in joy. And if this is hard for you, that's what life coaching is here for, is to help you figure out how to do that, how to make it happen, and believe that you are worthy and deserving. And there is a way. There is a, everything is figure outable. So if you are thinking about life coaching, now is the time to get in and save money. Today's quote of the day. Our children are counting on us to provide two things, consistency and structure. Children need parents who say what they mean, mean what they say, and do what they say they are going to do. Barbara Coloroso. Thank you so much for being here, Super Moms. I wish you a fantastic Mother's Day, a peaceful, insane month of May, And I look forward to connecting with you soon. If not in life coaching, then maybe on the Stop Nagging webinar or maybe in the Super Moms Getting Tired Facebook group. Take good care. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? 
Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.